Want to make new friends? Listen to Better Buddies. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With me tonight, we have Kelvin. Hello. And James. Hello. How are we boys doing tonight? Doing us. Uh, yeah. Pretty That's good. good. Pretty okay. Yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. Tonight, no, our Better Buddies icebreaker <laughs> is What is the most petty hill you will die on? What is the most petty hill you will die on? I will start to give an example that the most petty hill I will die on is not that Frankenstein was the doctor, but that because the monster was made by Dr. Frankenstein and was considered his son, the monster's name is also Frankenstein. Like his last name? Yes. Like his last name would be. His first name is Monster. <laughs> Monster Frankenstein. Mr. Monster Frankenstein. However you slice it, it's still acceptable to call the monster Frankenstein. Please, please. Mr. Frankenstein was my father. You just call him monster. <laughs> That's good. I can, agree. Um, I can agree with that, yeah. But yeah, so what sort of petty little thing is the hill you're willing to die on? So I definitely read the show notes, and I read that as pretty, but oh. petty definitely makes more sense. I was like, what do you mean, what is the most pretty hill you'll die on? You scared me for a moment, because the first time I did type it in, it did autocorrect to prettiest. Oh my god. So I, I didn't to... know if you meant, like, what is a nice hill that you've been on, where I mean, you'd be you know. like, oh, I'd, I'd die here. <laughs> I'd go, yeah, right here. <laughs> it's got a nice um, little bird's nest. Most I'm petty. sure I have one, just nothing's coming to mind. Oh, I know you have at least one. Calvin. I'm so, I'm so petty. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I can't say that one. I don't even know what one you're thinking of. It has to do with the town I'm from? Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah. yeah. Can't really say that one uh, without giving away where we are. Exactly, like, exactly where we are, so. Mm. But let's just say there's two pronunciations well, that some people to use and only one before. correct one. But yeah, so you've got a word pronunciation that you're willing to... Because we've had that discussion many a time. Yeah, and I'm just right, and y'all are saying it wrong. <laughs> uh, sure, Calvin. Um, Petty Hill, Jesus. Uh, James, I know you've got one. You're a film major. Uh, I've got, I've got so many. Um, but that. Wait, RJ, what was the one that you thought I was gonna die on? What was? Oh, I didn't have one in mind. I just know you have oh. some very strong opinions, so I'm sure you had at least one. Oh, I thought you had one in mind for me. No. I would probably say, um, uh, God, I'm trying to think. No opinions on oh. anything. I know, I know. There's shit that I've like when Cal and I used to live together that I would just like start things I would like die on for a the lot internet. The difference between a novel and a short story. Novel and a short story. Uh, I would say... You guys would have drunk arguments all the time about the most petty things, because you were like, coming at it from the different directions. Yeah, but each of the contexts were different. I would say, like, uh... A petty hill to die on. Jesus, this is embarrassing. I know that this is... I know that there's so many. Yeah. Um, shot first? Prob probably when I clean things. But, uh, like, I will defend having, like, left dirty dishes in the sink for, like, three so you days. You don't clean things. Yes, <laughs> no, I mean, like, the time that I choose to clean things and how unclean they are for the... Yeah, see, I'm doing it now. Um, so... <laughs> Yes. So when I when I uh, when I don't clean things, I will I will defend like I will launch into like many arguments. You will defend your <laughs> right to it. have not cleaned. Anyway, I will defend if you can count that as a right. Yes, I will defend that. That is probably the one of the most petty things I will squabble about. I will argue about a petty hill. I'll die on. Good. Excellent. Excellent. 
those are some truly petty things to uh, throw ourselves off rooftops for. But you know, sometimes I I, you, I know if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Well, it's nice to know too that you can argue about things that aren't like world ending. True. It's nice Speaking to have those of world arguments. ending, shall we just <laughs> get right into it? <laughs> yes, let's get right into Better Buddies Recommend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice try, Calvin. I recommend the CNN broadcasts that have been happening. Hey, James! I second, <laughs> I second it. I second I all major news outlets right now. That's, I don't recommend that. I recommend Civilization, I do... Sid Meier's Civilization 5. <laughs> so you can learn. <laughs> No, I do. I, I would, if I was going to recommend something from the news, I'd recommend the broadcast that showed the CNN Omni Center getting, like, destroyed or, like, the front windows bashed in. That was fucking hilarious. That was Yeah, funny. but you know why they did that? No. Why? There was a police precinct inside. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's a precinct inside the Omni Center? That's, yeah, that's what I read. Oh, shit. Okay. If you, well, still, yeah. I mean, it was awesome uh, seeing the photos of them like standing on the CNN sign. Um, I saw it. That it, I mean, I'm not like supporting or advocating like hurting anybody, but it was fascinating too because uh, I saw part of the broadcast where the guy was reporting in the stairwell. It literally looked like a firefight map from like uh, ODST, and this guy's reporting. He's talking about how the protesters and there's like a big group out outside, or there, there was. And someone threw a firecracker, like a firework in there, and it exploded a little bit. I was like, oh, that's not too bad. And then it, it was like huge. It went like everywhere. And you hear this guy, I think he got hit, the reporter, and he, he, he was like, shit, shit. And he swore like that on like national television. It was like amazing. I was like, holy shit, I've never seen anything like this on TV. But it might be just that there happened to be a bunch of police that had already gathered there, and they just kind of were drawn. Yeah, well, that was the, the issue. That was the issue, apparently, too, was that there were quite a few police who had, were in there, and they didn't have, like, any way out. But Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Atlanta Police Department is a tenant of the CNN Center. That's so funny. That's like something so, yeah. in a RoboCop. So there, there is a police department located in the building, and that's why. Well, it's a massive building. There's a lot of things in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is the headquarters, too, of CNN, I believe. <sighs> uh, that's to uh, Really quick, that's not the media that I would recommend. I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to recommend the F. Scott Fitzgerald novel, Tender is the Night. Okay. Um. I am only about 60 pages into it, but it is very, very good. Uh, it, it follows like a young actress named Rosemary who is uh, like staying in this small kind of like provincial French town outside of Paris. And she's like basically figuring out how to navigate like social life. And uh, my sister was telling me about it. She read it like, uh, a couple weeks ago and she gave it to me and I know that there, there's some like other stuff that goes on in the novel, but that's all I'll probably say about it, but it's very good. It's, it's like, I, I think his writing is like pretty accessible. Um, if sometimes a little too abstract, but, mm. um, I would definitely recommend at least his short stories, but tender is the night. That's my recommend. Cool. I'm going to stick with my civilization, Sid Meier's civilization five recommendation. Uh, I was playing last night and was remembering how much I enjoyed the game. You pick your civilization, you've got the map that's kind of like a Catan board if you played Catan, and you can conquer the world through various means, whether by force, diplomacy, religion, and you can nurture your civilization and watch it grow. Do you think it's the best one? Um, I haven't played enough of the others to say that for sure. But I know that it was, it's been very fun to just like, you take a Saturday with nothing else going on, you just sit down and play for eight hours, real chill, put some videos on in the background to like, kind of more focus on while you play, because it's definitely a long-term game. Yeah. Uh, a short game is eight hours. Jesus but, Christ. Yeah. And if you play multiplayer, that can, that gets so much longer. But it's still fun. Yeah. Calvin, what about you? Are you going to recommend CNN? Or? 
No, I legitimately would recommend all news sources right now and being just generally being informed about what's going on. Yeah, that's good. They're going to be studied. They're going to be studied. That's for this sure. Is, this is literally history that we're like, I'm obviously everything that happens is history, but like even mm-hmm. more so in the moments right now that that was happening, like this yeah. is like genuine history that we are witnessing and being a part of. And I think you could argue like 2020 has been an extremely important historical year already. And then to add this on top of just chaos. It's so exhausting. (laughs) From the get go, like (laughs) Australia was on fire and then like the virus hit and then just it's just civil unrest thing after the other. Don't forget it was it was wildfires in what in January as yeah, well as World, World War Three potentially. Yeah, and then, that happened. And then Corona, and then the lockdowns, the economic recession, now this, now, like, mass protests, not just in, like, the United States, but literally all across, like, the world. The world. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's... Eh. Yeah, because Hong Kong was going on. Oh, I yeah. in the fall, but like it was still going on <clears throat> in January and stuff. Yeah, one day it's picking just... back up again. It's that yeah. cumulative. All of the young people who were studying history for the last ten years said, "I want to be alive when something interesting happens." Here you go. It happened. <laughs> Why did I wish for this adventure? <laughs> it's just like this is what you get for uh, wanting an interesting life. It's just, it's weird, too, because it's, like, even though, like, I'm not a part of it, like, not uh, an actionable player, like, in the protests or anything like that, like, or even, like, in, you know, we're not even near the some of the epicenters of, like, Corona, but, like, it's just exhausting to me, at least, having it always be on the back of your mind, like, oh, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I forgot I'm in this timeline where this is going on. Like We are I currently in the darkest it. timeline. I don't know. Maybe it's got the opportunity to switch to the brightest. I think there's a lot of possibility for change. If yeah, if, like, yeah, if it works <clears throat> out, there can be some great change that comes out of everything that's going on. It's mm-hmm. just we can't, we can't do it. what typically yeah. happens. And as yeah. soon as it like we we go on for like a week or two, and then we're like, yeah, all right, whatever, moving on. And then like nothing, yeah. we actually <laughs> yeah. have to do something about it. We have to actually try. Yeah. Personally, that that is like the most frustrating thing about these protests is that there is no figure that has emerged um like a civics like a Malcolm X in the digital age, like a civics. So you're saying there's no like. MLK that's out there leading these marches and it doesn't rally behind. Yeah, no. it doesn't seem like it. There, I, and, and it's just frustrating. But does that, and does that actually, matter though? I, I mean, that makes it harder in some ways to to maybe rally around a single person. But I feel like it shouldn't necessarily detract from the message or the like the the cause. Here's the problem with not does. having a yeah. central figure to rally around or a central unified organization is it's very hard to say those people are not actually a part of us. So if somebody does yeah. dress up in a t-shirt and throw a rock through a window, there's no one to say, well, they weren't actually with us. Well, yeah, but there, the, the, it was the same way back in the civil rights yeah. era. Like ju- people were just doing the stuff and there was no way, there was no way, f- there was even less way then. Cause nowadays with the, with social media and all this stuff, you can get this kind of public private information and demonstrate, Oh, look, this, this isn't actually, this person isn't actually a member of the movement. Whereas back then it was like, you had nothing that you like, if the person said that they were part of your movement and they were out there just blatantly doing things against the movement or just taking advantage of the situation, you didn't really have a way to prove that they weren't. But you did have civil rights leaders who were. Yeah, I mean, can we name one? Actually, in this day and age, I, like something I, I saw just as we were starting today. I think John Boyega might be emerging as a leader. Oh <laughs> yeah, he I gave seen, a speech in London. Yeah. yeah. What? Well, yeah, but I think that there's there is a little difference there because he got his fame through celeb from being yeah. a celebrity in movies. Not to say he can't pivot to being some sort of civil change leader, or that he shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't know. It just. It does feel a little different than asking for those like 
monolith figures from the past. But at the same time, like how many of those have there been? There haven't always been one for every movement. And really, you, the only one you can name from civil rights era is MLK. And like Malcolm X and uh, James yeah, Malcolm. Baldwin. Yeah, I guess, but like the in the in the kind of the general populace, yeah, yeah. Are, they're just they're really only going to think of MLK. Maybe back then they would have had more, but the one that has stood that test of time is MLK. And it's like I, I don't know, I because I would argue there are some of those leaders now. It's just as you were saying before, we're not in that community to know them. We're not True. members of the black community that would have the most like passion for this because it doesn't affect us as much. Um, Wait, so we it, it, we don't see those leaders in our own communities, so that also could be a reason we don't know their names. And I think you're uh, that's some very good points. I think part of it plays into <clears> that we're living through it right now. We don't have the 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years of history to say, oh, this is the person who was leading the charge at the time. Yeah, like we didn't have yeah. all that time to study and look at it and say, here are the people who stepped up. We're living through it, kind of watching, trying to figure out who it is. Well, there have definitely been people, you can watch the newscast, there have been people who have, like, on the ground, kind of taken charge and stepped up, yeah. uh, you know, to, to keep, to try and keep relations between protesters and police and things like that relatively nominal and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I do think that maybe, hopefully, this provides the opportunity for for someone or a group of people to rise to the occasion as like a unified collective and basically say, this is who we are. This is what we want. We are speaking for this group of protesters and we are not at all associating with the people who have been looting, rioting, all that shit. And that, well, to me, I don't know. That's, that's a frustrating part too, is like some of the, some of the reasons that have come up for the looting, which like, yeah. I can understand to a degree, but I can't, I can't agree with, because one of the reasons I hear is like, well, actually looting in a society that commodifies everything through a capitalist like superstructure, looting is the only way to strike out and really critique that system that, you know, like accumulates wealth and resources through like illegitimate exploitation. And it's like, motherfucker, like you are exploiting the system illegitimately by throwing a rock through the window of a shoe store and walking out with like five boxes and you're not burning the shoes in the streets as like a symbol. You're taking them home. You are accruing or selling them yourself or yeah. selling yeah. them. You are partaking in the same capitalist system that you are supposedly striking out against. Thank to you. Me, You've put into words what yeah. I've struggled with when people have been yeah. comparing it to the Boston tea party. Because yeah. something never I, sat right with me with that comparison. And I think that's kind of what it was. That, yes, they were destroying property to show their displeasure with the British government. But mm -hmm. the tax, the tea was getting taxed by the British government. The uh, people who were shipping the tea, I think, was at least heavily invested in by the British government. I'm not yeah. a historian. Don't quote me on it. And it hadn't been sold yet to people. But I also, I'm at the same time, and that's... So thank you, James, for putting it in a way that I think was more eloquent than I have found to put it yet. I, I would agree tentatively for the most part with what you guys are kind of saying. Um, mm. At the same time, though, I do think it is more difficult than that like oh, there's yes. that mlk yeah. quote that's been going around i don't have that off the top of my head so i'm just gonna paraphrase and i could be mistaken but i want to say it's like um rioting and rioting is the, uh the, the last voice of the unheard or something like that or it's like the mm -hmm. it's the last hour of the unheard um which there really is something to that because you can't deny that peaceful protests have done nothing yeah because it's yeah. like what everyone keeps comparing it to, like literally um, George Floyd's last words were, I can't breathe. And those were this, like the same words of Eric Garner. And that was like, what, eight years ago? Yeah. So there, there really is, I, I, I wholly cannot, I, I condemn like all of the, the looting and riots. And like, I don't think that's getting anywhere. Violence begets violence. And it's just, it's turning people against the cause. Some people that were like 
on the fence that they're like, oh, I support it. And then their shop gets, they're seeing all these stuff get vandalized and they do. And like you were saying, RJ, um, they think that that's part of the movement and it turns them off to it. Um, But I can't also just kind of, I can't deny the whole like, well, what, what, I, I I would be pretty frustrated too yeah. if I tried for years to, to have like people listen and then there was nothing changed. I agree with the results, just not the reasoning behind the action. I think you mm-hmm. can commit immoral action and admit that it's immoral and it can still turn out to be a relatively positive quote unquote like end or result, but you have to be honest with yourself. Like like looting and rioting it's hurting people in the community yeah. and it is stealing. Um, yes. And guess what? Like, that's why they call it casualties of war. Like that's, that's, you know, uh, uh, collateral damage. I mean, that just happens. And I agree that like, as a, as a way to voice and truly communicate frustration, um, it is unparalleled in its effect. So for yeah. that, I can't fault them. I think, where I've been standing for the last few days on this whole thing is that struggle where, Calvin, you put it really well, of I condemn the violence against these people who completely did not deserve it, this br- police brutality. Yep. I also condemn the uh, excessive use of rioting and looting, but there's been no good way to say that and have en- and have anybody say, yes, I agree with you, that you can dislike both of these things, and we're in the position of, if you stay silent, you're also part of the problem. So well, I don't I, know what to say, and I can't stay silent. See, I I am getting sick and tired and fed up of everyone on my social feeds, um, mainly because most of the people on my social feeds are middle to upper middle class white people, <laughs> college students especially. Yeah. Like these same people who a month ago were excoriating an entire segment of the country for being like, you came out during uh, coronavirus, you have to stay in and you have to be safe. You're killing all of us. And now it's like, oh, well, now it's something that it's something that you care about. Then I guess we're just totally forgetting. We're throwing it all out the window. We're just putting the pandemic on pause so you can do this, which I would definitely agree that this what is happening right now is a, a, a little more serious than like hey let us out we think this might be infringing <laughs> on, yeah, on yeah. civil liberties like as like, opposed to just like murder uh, people as opposed yeah. to something that was started by the the again the illegitimate like the murder of a guy and mm-hmm. that to me is the when like even exempting which in this country is impossible to do but exempting the racial component like a man was murdered by yeah. a police officer I mean that that is that is the the bear the Occam's razor the most ob- objective facts of the case you could get is a guy who was he was killed I mean he by by an officer of the law so there yeah. should be some kind of like judgment and justice meted out but now I I just it, it's weird because it's like I feel like all these people on on my socials again a lot of these like white left leaning college kids like. They're drowning out the voices that I genuinely want to hear from, um, and they do it in the name of like support and allyship. But I, I just find them to be really annoying and irritating. <laughs> if I'm yeah. being honest, like, like I, I think their hearts are in the right place, and there's some of them that, like I, you know, I agree with like supporting black businesses and doing all this. But I've literally seen this one thing circulated around. Uh, social media recently where it's like it's like been on Instagram and Facebook and it's just this wall of text against like a yellow beigeish background and it's like really re- I'm paraphrasing here but the the wording is essentially like really uh you're putting up photos of your uh, you know you on the beach or eating food when this is going on maybe you should take a step back and really think about the real estate that you're occupying on the internet and how you could use it better and I read it and I was like, what the fuck? You're telling people how to use the internet? Like, but I get where you're coming from, but like that 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 seems so ridiculous to me. Like so inherently absurd that like this thing is going on, therefore you have to use the internet in this way. I don't know why that well, ticked me off, but it really did. Have you seen the link that's been floating around of click this link to see a list of people you should unfriend? No. Wait, no. What is that? It's so 
I've seen it twice today. It's a link. You click it, and it shows you a list of all of your Facebook friends who have liked the Donald Trump Facebook page, which... Uh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know that it's a negative. I don't know it's a good thing either. Because, I mean, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you're going... I, part of me strikes that as being petty because mm-hmm. it's like you're really going to end a friendship with someone based on their political views. Now, if they're, if they're liking white supremacist stuff, I'm all for it. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as people try and equate liking Donald Trump to being a white supremacist, I, I, would, I would really fight back against that. Now, I'm, what Trump has been doing during this entire thing has been just <laughs> insane yeah, and yeah. <laughs> is kind of lending credence to some of those things. Well, yeah. but I still... I, I, I still don't think that liking it and stuff like that is, uh, I don't know. Well, the kicker is the only way to, like, that's how you show that you're following the page, say, just so that you can have info. Because I know that's true. one person that true. on my list who they had fo- originally followed the page back before the elections, they could keep up with updates and had forgotten yeah. they liked it. So yeah, if, I should unfriend if you that wanted to like <clears throat> Because if you wanted to follow... Trump on Twitter just so you could get his insane ramblings like yeah. instead of having to every day go to his like page to look him up and this way they popped up on your feed you'd have to follow him so that yeah. is also a valid point that it could be just people that hate him that just want to see well apparently want to add more hate to their lives <laughs> well, and that's the thing too is that's that's what's frustrating to me is I don't see this like uh, what's been going on as an issue of party like i see it more of a, as just a genuine an issue of people who just don't want to take shit anymore who've yeah. been having to choke on this stuff for generations and i think in some way everyone in this country can probably relate to that so i really do think like the issues that have been present with you know these protests and and everything that's resulted Everyone in this country can identify to in some way being given an unfair hand by this, the law, the government, the media, whoever. And I think it really does warrant like genuine change and a genuine discussion. So that's what frustrates me when people like when people hijack it with like certain left wing or right wing kind of polemics, it takes away for me, it takes away from like what the real discussion could be, which is like, we're all as, as hippie ish as it sounds. It's like, everyone's here in this together. You know, everyone is, we yeah. want to listen and we want to help each other. I mean, we just fucking went to space. Like, come on, <laughs> think of all the shit we could do if we actually gave a crap about anything. Like, yeah. Like if, if we actually like just talked with each other and heard people out and we're like, Oh my God, you guys have really been taking the short end of the Billy club for like 200 years. Maybe it's time that we listen to you. You know, maybe it's time we reform certain things, but people don't want to do that. And then like any semblance of like an open discussion, like it devolves into like just political semantics. It's incredibly frustrating. I think that if I'm trying to remember, there's an episode of the Ono Ross and Carrie podcast. I recommended it a few weeks ago where one of them gave a talk about how you get people who are steadfastly against listening to you to open up and consider your points. And they were talking about it in the context of being a science-minded person who might have, who has to deal with someone who's a flat earther or some super fringe religious group. But the same rules apply in this realm. If we want to have any useful, practical change... It's not a matter of beating the other person over the head with you're a bad person for not sharing my opinion, but just Mm -hmm. of asking questions and letting them come to conclusions. And we need to loop loop back to the original discussion point. We need to work together and not just block anybody who we think is wrong. I agree. Well, I, I, I think it stems from like, uh, I think like part of any real productive discussion at like the atomic level is both parties need to agree with each other, either implicitly or explicitly, 
to take the other person's perspective as valid and potentially right. You know what I like? You, you yeah, know what I mean? Like you have you have so, to so hard for you. It's just like human nature. Yeah, yeah. Which it's it's difficult, but I do think for a real productive discussion, like and it, and so for instance, if we're taking like a scientist who by all means is objectively right and a flat earther who by all means is objectively wrong, the flat earther is going to have to admit that the scientist they're going to have to agree with them. That's like or even a, agree to the possibility that their argument is valid, that their earth really is round, that they're not just being lied to, blah, blah, blah. And then the scientists might have to agree like, ah, maybe, maybe you have a point. Who knows? Maybe. And it, I but, think like, what you know, James is trying to say a little yeah, bit it, is not, and correct me if I'm wrong, James, clearly, because it is mm -hmm. what you're trying to say. Uh, yeah. It's not a matter of accepting that the person who you know to be scientifically wrong is right. It's the yes. willingness to listen to them. Yeah, it's not it's not yeah. enabling like disinformation. It's more of just like people I feel like people's viewpoints are not just the sum of what they've read. It's usually like especially political viewpoints usually stem from they're kind of like religions. Like they stem from how you were raised and yeah. where you were raised and things like that. So there's there is like a certain part of you that personally is going to lean certain ways purely because I think of how you grew up and where you grew up. And so that's why maybe people get so wound like, up wound up when you do start to challenge certain political beliefs, because you're not just attacking like a doctrine of like the Republican or Democratic Party. You're attacking certain parts of like who they were as they were growing up and who they grew up around and things like that. So I do think like, yeah, I, I should, I, that, that example was a bit extreme, but I, I don't mean like enabling or allowing on with like kind of like misinformation or whatever, but basically just accepting like this birth thing. And there's probably going to be to an extent, they're going to think this thing, like no matter what, Yeah, I'm going to probably think this thing, no matter what, we can accept that. Let's find like a middle ground. I am sure that there are like what we were watching the, the sciences versus flat earthers video where it was like these flat earthers, like a lot of them do have those like very scientifically inquisitive, like minds. Yeah. If like, no God, Fisher. No, yeah. It's like thinking if, if they were like more accepted and kind of like a little trained a little bit, but yeah, like I, I don't know, Cal, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying on the whole, like, you got to listen to the other side and acknowledge mm -hmm. their side, because if you can't acknowledge them, that they you're not bringing anything to the table. Why should they, like, come and listen to you and join you in this discussion? I just have a hard time with that when it comes to things where there is more of an objective truth, with, like, such as science. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree with what you're saying, and, like, what you're saying with that video where they were talking about, like, they're just it's not that they're not educated. They're just wrongly educated. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just, when it comes to stuff with the science aspect, I would maybe push back a little bit more. Um, but when it That's comes right. to a lot more of the social stuff, I I'm, I'm with you because there, there, there are, I would argue there are typically a better answer, but there's mm. not, I mean, not always. And also there is almost never a right answer. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah and that's, I, very, yeah. that's a very fair stance to take, Calvin, because like you said, yeah. with the objective aspect, someone is just going to be right. Like, gravity works because the Earth, gravity works like this, and the Earth is round because we know this, this, and this. We've seen it. Why are no, no, go back. I want to hear you say, why does gravity work? The Earth gravity does works what? because uh, Robin <laughs> Williams is an animated bat falls out of a tree. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, it's just an objective fact the Earth is round and gravity works. So mm -hmm. you don't have to concede that the Earth might be flat. You just have to be... I think it's not... It's more of saying, okay, I'm not going to immediately persecute you for your belief and just shut you down. Yeah. I'll give you yeah. a chance and I to I definitely talk. agree with that. Well, and it's like... It's... Because I guess, for instance, if we're going into the realm of, like, politics or political theory, like... For, you know, there are certain ideologies that just cannot fit within a political discourse because they are too, they're too anomalous, like a Nazi. I mean, you can't have 
someone who is truly and wholly devoted to like a Nazi ideology, um, you're not going to be able to have a conversation with them because it's it's so specific and it is so uh, reliant on its own framework to exist. It can't exist with it can't coexist with any other ideology, really. I, but like then you wind it back and this is going to sound a little insane, but you wind it back to like being a fascist or a socialist. And those as like uncomfortable as it can be are people you can have conversations with because there are fascistic and socialistic like aspects, even to the American system. I would argue it's not so much the, the Nazism. I mean, everyone can agree Nazism is obviously bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say it's not so much with um, the, the, the being the Nazi besides the obvious issues with it. Um, mm -hmm. I think more to your point is that it's just if you're um, it, these extreme radicals, you can, it doesn't matter what side you are. If you're an extreme yeah. radical for any side, like you're saying, it can't, it, it can't coexist. That's when you can't have those conversations with them because they just reject anything and everything that is not their extreme radical viewpoint, no matter what side they're on. I guess, and that's the question too, is like, would you care if like, let's say your next door neighbor was a self-described Nazi but they were like basically just a nice person other than the fact that they were a Nazi. They, they were almost more of a Nazi enthusiast in the same way that someone is like a locomotive enthusiast. You would have, so to, you'd like have to active... you'd have to specify what you mean by Nazi. Do you mean the historical oh, I... Nazi party? Are they, are they fascist? Do they believe, are they, um, what am I talking like racist or do they believe, do they like praise historical Nazis for the Holocaust? Is that what you're saying? I guess it's more like they just have a collection of like Nazi-esque paraphernalia from that time. They probably believe to an extent that like it's, it's nuts to think because I think you're right, Kel, Nazism, like the example of like Nazism or even like Stalinism or things like that, those are political radicals, but Think of like a moderate like Nazi, like someone who is literally just has like the the all the accoutrements, but none of the like bite or the act. So the you're saying, so you're saying like someone that owns like an SS uniform and a swastika flag, but they don't actually aren't going out and like being, yeah, like actively like being racist or something because yeah they're more of like part of me thinks that that duality can't exist <laughs> and that's the question it's like is can it like that that to me like i i agree like i don't think the same temperament of people who are attracted to being moderates in any political category are going to be attracted to nazism i don't know if that like can exist but like that's the thing is like i don't know like it it, it I think there are certain viewpoints that are so radical that they just can't work with anybody else. I mean, they, they just can't, but is that the fault of the ideology or the people who follow it? Or is it both? Like, I don't know. I think even the worst systems bear both study and understanding, like yeah. what led people yeah. to do that, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think if the fault typically lies more with the people, um, mm. I think there are a few cases where you can argue a more objective, um, like, stance. evil or stance on them. Um, like, to your point of, like, Stalinism and Nazism, um, I would say there are kind of some of those in there with the racial prejudice and the, like, trying to, like, kill people and saying that this is, like, the right way. I would argue mm. when, um, when these viewpoints incorporate that, there is a bit more of just yes. an objective, like no, <laughs> yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, um, but yeah. I would, I would almost argue the most extreme radical um, person for like a democracy would be impossible to talk to and would be like horrible, in, like in some ways because yeah. like there are definitely times where democracy sucks. Like, I mean, imagine a person who you could not do anything unless it was the 100% will of the people. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah. like, you couldn't have, in order to have, like, a meeting to do anything, you had to have, like, 40 other meetings and have all this stuff. And if you stepped out of line, then they, like, tried to execute you because you were going against, I mean, that kind of veers into the, the like, more objective 
of like evils if you're trying if you're arguing the whole death stuff but even yeah. if it wasn't death i would almost argue it's still difficult just, for yeah. someone who is that devoted to the purest form of democracy to function working with other people because of what you were saying like everybody needs to have their vote in you need you can't do anything without everybody agreeing to it and 40 meetings of 40 different people to ensure everybody gets their vote in and you're following the will of the people. It'd when... be the beginning of Shin Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Like <laughs> bureaucracy upon bureaucracy upon bureaucracy. Like, <laughs> it's meetings. like, can we have this meeting? No, actually, we were supposed to have this other meeting that would then call to order this council that could then spawn this meeting. Oh, you're right. Let's go have that meeting first. <laughs> it's just like, no, you're already in the room. Godzilla is walking on the shore. Do something. Just, yeah. <laughs> have the meeting. No, that's... That's a good point. I think it's a, Cal, that was another good point too, that it's, it's interesting. It's usually like, um, you can usually tell a faulty political system when it starts to, because obviously all political or economic systems are going to result in some kind of death, uh, whether engineered or not. Um, I mean, capitalism certainly does, and so does democracy, but it is when those like ideologies kind of themselves or they or someone feels the need to build in well this political system is going to work uh not only by doing this and this and this but also by killing groups x y and z yeah then it's like oh wait a minute how what about if you know what if you were in those one of those groups like it's never the party leaders who happen to be in any of the groups that get executed right well, of course not it's always, it's always somebody else like that'd be a true like a true political martyr would be someone who sets up like the third reich or like joseph stalin's uh ussr and then is like also uh i am part, part of, of the group x yeah who's gonna get killed um no I, yeah it's it's just weird it's just i i don't know like and and it's I, like I know it's the switching gears, but it is honestly it's disheartening to see because uh, I know most people treat him like a joke. I do feel bad for him sometimes, uh, Mr. Trump. I feel like he's just kind of senile, sick old man I, at this point. I, I, and I, feel, I feel less and less bad for him as oh, the current events go on. Well, he just Which hasn't handled it at all. Yeah. Like it, he well, hasn't done yeah. anything. Nothing. But he thinks he's, things. But but he's thinks he's done so much. Yeah, that I really want to talk about what happened at the at Lafayette Square because yes. that to me is it's I don't know that it's the most insane because arguably put uh, like pinning a guy down by his neck for seven minutes for kind of no reason is probably the most insane. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those it's because so rj how familiar are you with what happened at lafayette square so as i understand a lafayette square is the church thing right it's the park outside the white house that has held protesters for the past 150 years then i'm my understanding may be two stories mixed into one because i thought there was a thing where the church is involved with it okay then yeah i think it i think it is just the one thing then that like Protesters were there. They got cleaned out by uh, super heavy-duty forces so that Trump could do a photo op in front of yeah. the building. So Trump, first of all, Trump is having a speech in the Rose Garden, which you guys should go listen to that speech. It's terrifying. It's legitimately, it legitimately sounds like a speech a dictator gives on his rise to power. Now, I don't think Trump is going to be a dictator and is rising to power in that way, but that speech sure makes him seem like one. Um, yeah. talking about I am the president of law and justice and law and order and it's just like oh, and he's like we need to get we need to dominate the streets with an overwhelming police and national guard presence mm -hmm. and if the governors and mayors won't do it then I will send in the military to do it for them mm -hmm. um, and it's just like who who and in the background you can hear people firing off rubber bullets into pepper or pepper spray can and tear gas canisters because there was a peaceful protest it's like 20 minutes 25 minutes before curfew so they're still allowed to be out in the square and this protest there have been others that have turned violent and that's a whole other argument when it comes to the tear gas and stuff but this one 100 peaceful there's tons of video the reporters are everywhere it is a peaceful protest there's yelling and stuff but i mean it's a protest yeah um people are protesting. And there's a police yeah and there's just a police line and then all of a sudden and this video is insane of it 
they just straight up bum rush the protesters. They're all with their, they just start lobbing off tear gas, firing rubber bullets, and then with all these police with shields in full riot gear, just start shoving protesters and rushing them back and forcing them out of the square. There's a video of this Australian reporter with a camp with his cameraman. Police walk like pushes up to him and then like he's got a round shield. Like just like imagine in like a Marvel movie of Captain America slamming a guy with his shield oh, is exactly no. what he does to this Australian cameraman. And there's a ton of angles of this. Just like edge of the shield straight into the gut like twice and then he just like grabs the camera and he's like shaking him and trying to rip it out of his hands so then they start running and this other police officer with a baton starts whacking them from behind and it's just ridiculous and as you said rj the entire purpose of them clearing out these protesters so trump could end his speech by saying and now i'm going to go to someplace very special goodbye walks out of the rose garden walks out of the front doors of the White House, something that's like never done, so that he can walk across Lafayette Square to a church that is typically held to be like a nonpartisan thing. And it's a church that presidents have gone to for hundred years. So he can hold up a Bible and not even pray, not, he, he's not praying, he's not doing anything. He literally holds a Bible upside down at points because it looks at, cause it's a better shot and does like a five minute photo op a reporter asks at one point, is that your Bible? And he's like, it's a Bible. Oh. And then and then he lines up with like five other members of his staff, which all are white, and just lines up with all of them, stands in front of the church, and then and then walks back inside. It's just I don't know how you can argue that that is just wrong. It, well, oh, I, or not, I'm sorry, how can you argue it's not wrong? Well, and that's and that's the frustrating thing for me is is he just he didn't even he's not a fucking Christian. Like I, I'm not really either anymore. Like I'm not as practicing as I used to be, but I, I know other people who are and it's just it's a slap in the face to them to use their religion, like their way of life as a set as, piece. Yeah. As a set piece and a Trojan horse for political points. It's disgusting. And it and again, like it only serves like he he does damage to the Christian community because now people are like like I was watching it on CNN like after he did that and they're like, well, he's doing this Christian thing and what do you think he's saying that we're a Christian country and that we have to and it's like no, please don't associate Christian yeah. people with this guy. Like, I mean, don't do that. Like one of the was, ministers, one of the ministers for that church was in the was in the crowd that got shoved out of the square by the police is all you need to know like, that is like that about sums it up like that yeah it was just pointless and wasteful and okay to be like we're gonna totally play devil's advocate from a security perspective i can't like i can't from yeah. any other way other than a security perspective if i'm like the head of the secret service and i have this like orange toddler who comes up to me and says like I want to walk across the park. It's like, fuck, please don't do that. Please <laughs> yeah. don't. Like, because they're going to have to clear everybody out because they don't fucking know that, like, from a security perspective, no, like, yeah. we don't know who's a fucking, who's Antifa, who's a white supremacist who might want to kill this dude to set something off. And we don't know who's a peaceful protester. So now we got to shove everybody out of the way. So this dope, can get his like shitty photo op in front of a church that he doesn't even believe in and then walk back. And, yeah. and it's, it's just disgusting. And at the same time, absurd and belongs in one of the greatest political satires of like all time. It is like death of Stalin level. It, it really is. It is like something I would expect like, from that movie. Cause like the beginning of the movie, they're handing out the list and the, the it's just like, super casual <laughs> about how they treat it as they're going around and the rounding up all these people to just like execute because they're on yeah. some list. It's, it's fucked. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is and things I don't think are ever, they're never as bad as they seem and they're never as good either. But like, <laughs> that is yeah. just something that I can't like, I'm even, I'm one of those people who at least with Trump is like relatively slow to anger, mainly probably because I'm not in the demographics that are really affected by him um, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. But 
But also, I do think he's just genuinely ridiculous. I do not think he is this sinister, all-powerful, yeah. omnipotent, like, 80s businessman mastermind. I think he's, he's really not, just He's more... not the 80s gonna buy up the local forest to build a ski park mastermind. He's not even that. Well, level. I mean, he, no. I would argue he almost is. He's just not the one that could come up with the plan. He would just be yelling things in the, like, yeah. He's it's the, gonna be the greatest. Yeah. He, it's gonna be the greatest park ever. It's like, there's not even a mountain. I don't care. It's still going to be the best. <laughs> he's more of like a toxic Forrest Gump. Like if Forrest Gump wasn't like... <laughs> if Forrest like, Gump wasn't yeah. like so title? cute Is that this week's episode funny, title? It, like he really kind of is because he's just floundered his way upward. That is but a good he, way to put it. Like into a position of power and influence that he probably has no business. Well, definitely has no business being in. And but it's not like cutesy and like folksy. It's just genuinely like, oh god, like please don't. You just put Forrest just Gump stop. <laughs> like at, at the head of the bus. Like he can sit in the back, but he should not be driving the bus. Like he's gonna kill all of us. But I don't know. Like I, I, I have faith in the American system and that there are people in our government who are like do not want the ship to go down no matter what happens and this country has weathered worse than donald trump and this shit it's getting to it's getting to a little bit of a snapping point but we've we've gone through worse uh, as a cultural institution we can and definitely we'll, we'll build back stronger yes hopefully we will. that's we the will. goal i i i have like honestly it sounds corny but like watching that rocket launch I was like, "That's awesome!" They, it was everyone. So, everyone needs to so see awesome. this. It was. It's like I, I totally forgot that this country was capable of something that didn't involve like just violence and like utter political bullshit. It's like this is great. This is so cool. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's something to be hopeful for, and that's nice. You don't get a whole lot of that nowadays. I think this is a good point to pivot to. Uh the next segment mm -hmm. that was a really good discussion we let's let's lighten things up a little bit and uh mm -hmm. give some advice on the yes. uh how to be a better buddy segment where you give some comedic and a little bit of real advice uh disclaimer like when you ask your friends for advice it's not their fault if it's bad advice same rule applies here these this week we took our uh problems from reddit and the first one being is it unhealthy to have no friends uh, more details. Bit of a brief question. Would you say it's unhealthy to have no friends at 16, even though I'm happy without any? I would say, I would it's, say it's not not unhealthy to have no friends. It's just unhealthy to not socialize. Yes. Uh, if you're happy, that's important. Just make sure that you have some sort of outlet. Because there are going to be times where you can't do it all on your own, where you're feeling down, or at times where the art is good and you need someone to lean on. What do you think, James? I think I think solitude is one of the most, like, the ability to live in solitude with yourself is, like, one of the most undervalued characteristics in, like, for people right now. Um, I think you need to be able to be on your own uh, because it's, it's really only then after you've kind of had enough time to yourself that you kind of realize, like, what you're going to look for in other people um, and things like that. But I also agree that like human beings are definitely not, they're not meant to be wholly collective and they're not meant to be wholly uh, individual creatures. Yeah. Isolated. Yeah. yeah. Like we need human connection. I mean, it's just a nice breath of fresh air because you can be alone for as long as you want and reach a statement of like enlightenment, but it's still fucking boring. What's the point if you don't have anyone to talk about it with, you know? Um, and yeah. I would say like there are definitely periods where if you need to like self isolate, do it. Um, but you should never wholly turn your back on friends or, or most certainly on the idea of friendship. Like if you're going to be able to find people you connect with, you can connect with anywhere. Chances you don't, are. You don't have to necessarily actively seek people out if you're happy, mm -hmm. but be open to letting them in if they arrive. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's ever so happy that they want to enjoy, like, a good conversation with somebody they like talking to. You know, like, I think everyone likes doing that to a degree. Um, but, yeah, like, I I, um, I think it's a balance of both. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. Our second one this week, 
<laughs> Tell a friend I don't want to be friends anymore. I have a friend from high school, and I don't really want to be friends anymore. She's just toxic, and I don't want her in my life. IDK, how to go about telling her this? So how do you tell her how do you that you tell don't want to be friends anymore? Your friend, yeah, you don't want to be toxic. friends anymore because she's toxic. <laughs> ghost him. Ghost him. Do em. the new norm. That's pretty normal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't talk to people, and they eventually go away, theoretically. I was going to suggest play Toxic by yeah. Britney Spears. But yeah, I don't whenever they walk into the room, about, start playing so. it. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare at them, unblinking for the entire duration <laughs> of the song. Uh... Uh, I would say, I mean, ghosting is obviously, it's the easiest and uh, probably honestly the most effective and the least messy. Um, Except this is a high schooler who probably has class with this person. Yeah, I would say Uh, then. Just short, curt stuff. Be like, just don't engage. They ask you stuff, just kind of reply, but give non-replies and stuff. Direct, to the point, and no extra information. I'd say tell them what you think in a measured and responsible way, and then after that, interact with them on a short and curt basis, and That's if fair. things change, they change. So I think yeah. you should at least give the person your, your reasoning, no matter how toxic they are, you should you should at least give them their due and say, hey, um, I don't really like hanging out with you anymore. I, I, I think that you, know, you can be uh, kind of picky and mean and toxic, rude, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I have things to work on too, but I think it'd be better if, you know, we just, for me and maybe even for you, if we didn't hang out as much anymore. So if you want to talk to me, you can. Another thing to remember is you guys are in high school. Like people are kind of crappy in high school. So maybe they don't realize how crappy they're being. And if you can point out something specific, like, Hey, when you do this, it's really just kind of not a great thing to do. Maybe it'll help them grow and change. But maybe they just need to age a few years and they'll grow out of it. Point two, because I, I think, especially in high school, you haven't really had that. Usually, um, you haven't had that experience that you have after high school going to college where you literally lose essentially all your friends. And, and you have to go and make new ones. So... The idea of losing just one friend in high school can be terrifying um, because there are it, a it's planet full weirdly parad- of a friend, and it's weirdly paradoxical because in high school, like you're you're surrounded by so many people, and yet sometimes you can feel just so desperately alone um, and and isolated. Uh, but yeah, I would say like especially for kids in high school, it's like, it passes. You'll, you'll find you. And like RJ, what you said is right. Like there's a whole plant full of people you can talk to. You just got to make it through. And our uh, third one for this week, the title is vibe check, question mark, question mark. Any tips for when you're hanging out with your bros and they're straight, not vibing? Question mark, question mark. It's really awkward. It sounds like he's the one that's not vibing. Uh, yeah, bro. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, bro. Most of the time, if things are awkward, it's because you said it was awkward. Otherwise, it's a comfortable silence. Never say something as awkward, because then, because I feel like everyone is pretty awkward most of the time, and the last thing anyone wants is for anyone to like highlight that or bring it out. But I would say to, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe being awkward is part of the vibe. Who knows? Because sometimes. You need to just accept things will be awkward for a little bit. It, you can't have a good vibe rolling the entire time. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a good vibe. It'd just be normal. you got to have that awkward stage to remember and remind you that, like, hey, this is what a good vibe is. That's a good point. Calvin, what do you think? I'm tar- sorry. I totally zoned out there, so I missed the last, like, two minutes. Uh <laughs> How to ha- All I know um, is that if you're the one that um, called it awkward, then you're the awkward one. There you go. So uh, if you think things are getting awkward, let somebody else say it's awkward so that you're not the awkward one. There you and go. then you can join in, yeah. <laughs> then you can join in and yell at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so shouting into the void this week. Um, I would honestly suggest i know i hate the segment normally but i would almost honestly suggest that this is maybe not be a good week for that i um i was actually having that same thought as we had our discussion today um the only person i would suggest possibly tweeting at if we did would be john boyega 
But even then, Ooh. I yeah, it's that 50-50 of, it's a good week to not, but he... I would say we can just take a rest for one week and come yeah. back at it next week. I think that's a good choice. Shouting oh, into the I void gonna... will return next week, unless James has was... a very strong objection. I was going to suggest Mark Hamill. I just want to ask, I just want to say, may the force be with you. We can but do that next week. I don't week. know if... Okay, that's fair. This is fair. All right. Breaks are warranted. And with that, that wraps up another uh, episode. Thank you, both of you, for joining me this week. We had a we had a very heavy, but I think a very productive discussion. Yeah. Um, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for allowing us to use their song, Living in the Moment, off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. They are very good. Quite enjoyable. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever good podcasts are acquired, and all the other types of podcasts, but we're trying to lead the pack. Uh, make sure you leave some reviews to help other people find us and let the, your friends know that, hey, I enjoy this, this is good, and it passes the time while I'm at work, so you should use it to pass the time while you're at work, too. You can find us on Facebook, Better Buddies Podcast, or on Twitter, at Better Budcast. You can tweet the show using the hashtag BetterBuddies. And if you have a problem or a situation where you could use some advice on how to be a better buddy, you can email us at our email, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. We'll also accept fan mail, hate mail, spam, coupons. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Yeah. Thank you guys for uh, this discussion today. It really helped me figure out how to say what I was feeling because yeah. I didn't know how to enunciate it. So, yeah. genuine thanks. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no problem. It's always fun doing this stuff. Mm-hmm.